Hey guys, welcome back to the Dragon's Voice podcast. I hope you guys have been tuning in and following up all the recent episodes, uh, including the likes of uh, Nikki John, Andrew Mumford, Ryan Valentine. Make sure you like, share, subscribe to all the videos and make sure you subscribe to the channel and everything. But I'm going to bring back more blasts from the past here because uh, I'm really happy that he's back on because... Uh, you know, the last time we had a chat, we chat about the Camry premiere. We chat about we chat about a lot of things, really. And uh, it's it's without a doubt that I was going to bring this guy back on anyway. It's Luke Williams, and he is the co-host. I I, I gotta say, he is the co-host. I was going, Luke. <laughs> I'm alright. How are you? I'm delighted to be back here. Yes, uh, I feel like a player coming back to their former team. You know, coming <laughs> back, good. and uh, I'm not going to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming home. He's coming home. <laughs> No, um, I just wanted to say as well, because I messaged, because, uh, you know, you, you and uh, James Young, uh, for some of you guys who don't know, um, Luke and, and a guy called James Young, who I did the uh, Yellow and Brahmi radio show with, um, they do a, a football sports uh, radio show every Saturday uh, on Bro Radio. Uh, and for some of you who are tuning in outside of Wales, uh, Bro Radio is a local radio station for the Vale. Uh, I've been part of it. I'm still part of it because I still want to be doing work. But because of COVID, you know, not many people are coming back anytime soon. But congratulations, though, on the Community Award nominations. You know, that must be something, you know, especially, yeah. especially for you and James, because, I mean, can I just ask, how old are you, Luke? Because I don't think 17. I... 17. You're 17. I know James is, I think he's, what, eight? Uh, he's got to be 17. 17. Yeah, yeah, 17. Yeah. Young, young guys getting a nomination and, you know, you're running the radio station. I mean, it's absolutely <laughs> incredible, you know, and fair play. And <laughs> so I messaged you, James, he said, coming from me, I gave him praise. He said, coming from me, it's a lot, you yeah. know, and uh, and the thing is, though, I, I, I do believe, I, I don't know how he looks at it, but I remember um, uh, when I had the Yellow and Blue Army uh, radio, mm -hmm. not radio, the podcast, and when we go into the radio station, uh, James Clements, uh, the friend of mine who was uh, the host with me, he couldn't do it because we changed the times for, for Monday or Wednesdays at that time, mm -hmm. for the radio show. And I said, oh, let's just bring on James Young then, because I think he's a good, good kid anyway. And I think he, he's got a lot of, he's got a point of view for the journalism yeah. anyway. Yeah. So that really came on. And I think that's the, the fairy tale in Barry, if we can call it that for him. <laughs> but uh, um, but we got a lot to talk about anyway, so we're, we're going to get down to it. But um, I know you um, were planning on talking about the podcast uh, first because uh, um, the Dragon's Voice podcast has come a long, long way for from a short period of time as well. And um, but the thing is, it, it it does come with its flaws. It does come with its highs and lows and everything. Because um, I remember the last time we, you and I had a chat about it, we were, just, we were talking about big guests and everything. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, because of the uh, the position our Dragon's Voice podcast is in, you know, you, I'm not going to get big names like Ryan Giggs, who I'll mention later on anyway. Uh, uh, the likes of Ryan Giggs, you know, um, your your Ian Rush, you know, I'm not going to get guests mm -hmm. like that. And no disrespect to others who have been on there, you know, it's it is hard, you know, it is hard. Uh, yeah, well, you've got some good ones on already. Yeah, I mean, come on, you've you've had some big hitters on already. Like Kevin Ratcliffe, I mean, that's huge. You, you're telling me some of the people you've spoken to, and I'm thinking, really? Is it? You know, I think you're pulling my leg half the time. But uh, I suppose just pick your brains. 
what is the most rewarding aspect of the podcast then is it sort of hearing the stories or is it you know giving them the platform to sort of maybe go over ground if not covered in a quite a while everything i think it's the whole experience itself the, the thing about the Dragon's Voice podcast, and uh, I'll make a little announcement uh, as I say this now, just very quickly. Dragon's Voice podcast, I think it's going to get to the point where Welsh football is not going to cover everything about the podcast itself, and the podcast is not going to cover Welsh football entirely. Um, so I'm creating a series, uh, I'm thinking of creating a series called Off the Record. And Off, mm. and off the Record is going to be going out of Wales and probably interviewing uh, non-Welsh footballers or boxers or anything. No disrespect to Welsh. I love it. It will still be there, you know, the, the, the covering of Welsh football now. But I want to try and expand on Dragon's Voice podcast and, and try to get a big audience going. I mean, a lot of people are watching it. But going back on what you're saying about the is it the experiences listened to, it is literally everything. Um, but the I think the problem I always have is trying to get the guests to come on because... All it's because of, um, I mean, I, I don't see, we don't see these names in the middle of the street and you ask them, can you come on my show and everything? Um, I always try and message them on Twitter, Facebook. Inst well, I haven't got Instagram no more. So I think that's a bit of a, <laughs> uh, a bit of a down, downer. But, uh, but Facebook and, and Twitter have always been the key source to getting uh, these footballers on the podcast. And it's very difficult because sometimes they don't either they don't read the messages or they read them and they just don't respond back. That's not a, that, that's not a problem. I, I don't mind that. It's just it, it does uh, get to me. It's like, oh, I, I wish yeah. I could have had you on the show. I wish I could have had you on the show. But other than that, you know, um, sometimes I do want to make a career out of this. Don't get me wrong. I do want to make this as a bit of a career. But uh, at this moment in time, you know, I've only done nearly 30 episodes uh, as we speak now. And um, and uh, and the thing is, you know, it, it is going to take a long time and hard work and everything. And a lot of people were saying to me, you know, am I going to make any merchandise and anything? And I just said to myself, I haven't got a following yet. You know, there's not really a following in the in the podcast. People just watch it because of the names probably or what the topics are going to be talked about, you know? So I think, I think, yeah, it's the experience really that really covers it. What sort of merchandise are people talking to you about? Uh, <laughs> what, what have you got in the pipeline? <laughs> yeah. T-shirts, uh, uh, mugs, my face. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I have, I have had this, uh, do you know what? Um, James Clements, I think James, James Young, um, mm -hmm. mentioned this to me. Uh, I think he did anyway. Um, the guys at the the football club Barrytown football club that is some people have been saying to me would you want to get you know like a football shirt of the designer of the the podcast you know mm. having in yellow and black and everything and i had this designer and, and i actually funny enough i did design the shirt i thought this is really good <laughs> even my missus uh even though she's not a big football fan she she thought oh that's that's actually nice problem yeah. is finance that's yeah, that's the it. down mm. down payment. And the thing is as well, um, I tried asking Nathan Spackman of Bro Radio, how does he get these advertisements? How does he get these sponsors? You know, mm. because local radio is not going to come free. You know, and uh, it well, no, nothing is ever free these days. So, uh, <laughs> uh, which is not which is fair enough. You know, but um, uh, I'm trying to look for sponsors at this particular moment in time so that I can actually benefit from you know, and probably, you know, try to avoid actually working in JD sports or something like that, you know, and, actually, and, and probably get paid for doing these podcasts. But um, yeah, um, if I, if I had the following football shirts, mugs, um, maybe a scarf, um, 
and sometimes I even if I was to meet these guys, I'd probably meet these guests I had. Maybe I would have taken ten pictures and let them sign it, and then probably you know do like a raffle, ah, very good. Or yeah. or something like that. You know, so it's it's something like that really. Yeah, well, I mean, if you do get the merchandise, that's two mugs associated with the fairground. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Fair enough. It's, it's funny, but um, it does come with this. Uh, just going on to the the, the, the guests. So, um, the the one thing that I always find it very the the thing that really bothers me, and no disrespect to any of the guests who who have got problem who had problems or anything like that mm-hmm. but um it's it's to anyone who has done a podcast who anyone especially yourselves probably you and james have probably had this I, i'm not really too sure how yours show works i know it's a sports show but yeah. surely you must want guests on the show or anything like that i don't know but um the one thing i've always struggled with is when you say yes to a podcast or a radio show if you've got a problem or if you don't really want to do it, by all means, just message the person who's yeah. trying to run the podcast back and say, you don't want to do it. Otherwise you're leaving them to the day. They find out that you don't want to do it. You've wasted their time. There's no point in doing it. I've messaged people who have said yes. And, um, and then I ask them, when do you want to do it? Where, when is it possible? And they don't respond back. And I'll mention this one particular in, uh, individual. I won't say who it is because uh, I think you know because I mentioned it to you offline. Yeah. But if people know of this, just please look at it from my perspective if you do know who I'm talking about. But I've met uh, this, this is a very popular person. He's not, he's not a, a footballer, but he's well known in the Welsh football community. And um, I got his number off um, uh, another one of the guests, a former Wrexham player. I think I dropped it now, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you'll have to bleep that out. <laughs> yeah, but uh, other than that, so um, I messaged this person and he said, "Yes, give me a call." And I gave him a call. We arranged for it to be on a Wednesday, Wednesday evening, and Wednesday came along, and I was out with my with my fiance and my fiance's workmates. And luckily enough, the pub we were at it was only just down the road from where I lived, so. By the time we got to the specific moment where I was supposed to do the podcast, I uh, we arranged it for it to be on Skype. So all I could do was just have it on my phone. So I mm-hmm. ran to my house and I got everything ready, all set up and everything. And it got to the time. I think we arranged for eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. So we got to eight o'clock. Nothing happened. It it got to it got to uh, half past eight. Nothing happened. It got to nine o'clock, it got to 9.30, it got to 10. Put it this way, I didn't stay there for long because I knew I still had to be out. But I mean, I messaged this person and he just didn't get back to me at all. And then afterwards then, I think I messaged him, not on the Thursday, but on the Friday, he apologized and said, right, let's do it on the weekend. So we did it on the Saturday. And problem is, um, I asked we could do it around six o'clock or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, um, I called him up. He said he was he was out in a uh, in a pub somewhere. Then I called him again about an hour later. He was on a train. Now, bear in mind, it was getting close to time. It was getting close to the point where, hang on, are we actually going to do this podcast? Came home pissed. Mm-hmm. He did not know what to do. 
just did not know what to do, what to uh, whatever. And then he tried to give his phone to his wife and she didn't know what. And it just really embarrassed me, to be honest with you. And he said, look, I still want to do it, blah, blah, blah. And I, in the end, I just, uh, I said, all right, no problem. And I messaged him the next day saying, look, if you ever still want to do it, but if I had my mm-hmm. own way, if, there, if it was a big podcast, you know, if I was like under the cosh or something like that, I'd probably send a message back saying, just don't waste my time again, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, I, I'd like to have this particular person on, but I, I really wish, you know, people like that. I mean, even, sorry, I'll mention another one to you. Um, I'll mention another one. Uh, so um, this, it was a former footballer. We arranged for it to be on a, a, uh, on a Thursday and I messaged him the Wednesday saying if it's still okay, yes, he gave me the thumbs up, all good. On the Thursday, um, nothing happened. He ignored my messages. Next day, he ignored my messages. Those are the kind of people I don't like, um, mm. especially those who just, even if you don't want it, just lie, just have a fib, just say, I'm not well, we'll do it some other time. Um, you know, just, just anything. If you don't want to come on, just just be open about it, if you know what I mean. So that's, my take on you know some of the guests i have and it's put me on a it's upset me quite a bit and you know and uh because i try so hard to get this podcast up and running it's it's really hard you know yeah well just one final question then before we sort of move on to other matters if uh, that's what you want you mentioned earlier and I've seen it firsthand, the sort of growth and the success you've had in such a short amount of time since starting the podcast. What would you say then is the end goal for this? Um, nice studio. Uh, oh, yeah, you can tell I you can tell I'm there. Oh yeah, the nice studio, uh, proper microphones, proper equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a bit like the, uh, you, you know, having more like happy hour meeting under the cosh, uh, whether it yeah. be pub with the proper microphones, with the top guests, um, or be in a studio talking on the proper mics, you know, and we're all mm-hmm. there, it's on YouTube, we're earning money out there. That's the main goal. Um, but that's the long-term success, uh, that's the long-term plan. The short-term plan is just to keep an, uh, each episode coming along as planned and see how well it comes and, and whatever it takes me. But at the same time, you know, uh, it, it does take a lot of hard work, hard, yeah. a lot of hard work. Yeah, and fair play to you. You've clearly done a good job. Uh, on just when I was cutting you off, I thought you'd uh, when you were saying your own proper studio. I thought you were sort of making a whole nice studio link reference. That's why I yeah. Yeah. I thought you were making the yeah. sort of slick radio joke. Yeah, yeah. Apologies, you can cut that out if you need. No, to yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, a nice studio link. You know, let's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought that was. Uh... But the thing is, as well, I I don't want to be afraid. That the thing is, is it's like a lot of um a lot of podcasts recently they're not um the some of them are very afraid to push the boundaries a bit mm. um whatever it be topics to discuss or um especially in football because you know uh, even though we've got glory days of football of the, the, the i mean the 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s you know um but you have to admit you know there are some dark moment periods and everything and uh, i i had this advice from ace podcast nation sai his his name is shout out to sai there because he's uh without do you know what if, if we um there's a lot of people i have to thank for very quickly uh it's gary lloyd who gave me numbers to andy leg steve jenkins and that uh ace podcast nation uh, helped me a lot andy campbell and sai you know they were top blokes they helped me out a lot 
And um, but I think Sai said to me, you know, don't be afraid to speak to people who've had problems in the past. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll just pull out here because I'm currently reading it. It's such, it's nostalgia being a bad way. Is this book? I know uh, I'm advertised soul crew it is uh, oh. uh football hooligan- hooliganism in, in some ways from cardiff city but uh those sort of th- things you know just to push the boundaries mm-hmm. and yeah. um and never be afraid of it so that's what i'm trying to do and um and hopefully i can uh, expand on some of the topics and guests and everything so uh, yeah that's it really yeah, well, i'm looking forward to your book review and uh if you're starting a podcast book club uh, you know what? I've read this. I read Soul Crew before, and it's just bonkers. You know, I think it's a bit. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I remember I watched a a very. It's on YouTube, by the way. Split in four paths, mm-hmm. but it's a panorama. I think it's a panorama. Um, a a, 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 a show, and yeah. it covered when Sam Hamam was owner of Cardiff City, and oh, uh, yeah. the hooligan trouble was trying to mm-hmm. trying to embrace it. And I remember um, it came to the end of the, of the show and it, it was so surreal. I know they don't do it no more, but I remember when um, one of the, inve- the journalists went into the Cardiff City shop uh, at the Ninian Park mm-hmm. and um, he, he said, oh, have you got the Soul Crew book? And they were like, oh, no, we haven't. And he had to go and speak to the manager and they were selling it behind the counter. I thought, I was like, wow. I was like, wow, okay. That is, oh, wow. And uh, <laughs> and the, the author, one of the authors, I think it's Tony Rivers. Um, he speaks on ACE Podcast Nation. So mm-hmm. if you have got something, if you are interested in that kind of topic, make sure you go and um, watch it. It is really interesting. I know football hooliganism is not the beauty of football, but it's the most interesting topic because you can find out so many things. So, yeah, that, that's all I got to say on that. But I have got ideas of, um, I mean, one idea I thought of, and I wanted to really embrace the. Do you remember Fan Zone on Sky Sports? Yes. I yeah, really want to do. Yeah, I really want to do a Camry Premier version of it. I really want to do brilliant. it. Brilliant. Whether it be in Welsh or wherever. I mean, I I remember, and I'll wait. I'll tell you a very quick story, Luke, because I know you haven't said much, yet, and I feel bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember when um, Carnarvon supporters came down to Barry once, I think it was a, a midweek game and we won 2-1 and there was a, mm-hmm. I will say there was a problem between Barry fans and Canada fans, I was part of it uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you more of it offline, I don't want to, because uh, I, I got a lot of respect for the Canavan supporters because yeah. they are tremendously supported I hate them in a more football term, hate if you know what I mean, it's like ah, yeah. but at the same time you got to love them for what they stand for in terms of support, <laughs> but when I was watching it, I thought, would it be amazing to have a football van zone? And all you hear is just Canavan down, <laughs> down supporter. <laughs> like that. Coffee Army, yeah. <laughs> the Coffee Army. And then you just have uh, Connorski and TNS van zone, and there's bugger all there. You probably have to have Gary Dewhurst or uh, Mike Harris <laughs> to be one of the subs, one of the subs. <laughs> oh my god. <coughs> oh, uh, so uh wait a minute, let's talk about uh let's go on to expanding. I remember expand talking about expanding. I mentioned the word expanding. Mm-hmm. Um Wrexham Football Club. Wow. 
I know. <laughs> That's all you can say, isn't it? I, wow. I just, uh, da, da, da. That's like... <laughs> That's like Rob Bryden coming to Barry and investing in the football club, you know. So, mm-hmm. but well, I don't know. Um, but it would make it would make sense actually. But but um, Ryan Rebel, Ryan Rebels, Ryan Reynolds, and Rob McElhenney, mm-hmm. co-owners uh, yeah. of Wrexham Football Club. Well, what's your take on it? Well, what's your opinion of it? I love it personally. Um, I think it's just the sort of the shot in the arm that not only Wrexham need but Welsh football needs as well. I mean, Wrexham are a huge side. I think a lot of the, a lot of people probably my age really, you know, my sort of generation might not know about that. But you know, the race, uh, the race course, their ground is the oldest international football ground in the world. They're the third oldest professional side, and they're languishing in the fifth tier. You know, so it's been horrible to see. I mean, you look in 1992, they beat Arsenal in the FA Cup third round, that Mickey Thomas free kick. Mm. They're a historic, huge side, one of the biggest in Wales. And it's been so sad to see sort of the decline. And 13 years, I think, they've been in non-league football now. which is longer now. Far too, is it? <laughs> I think it's been longer. I think anyway, I'm not, I'm not too sure. But it is a disaster yeah. when, you, when you say it because it, it has brought a lot of... Um, it has brought a lot of discussion, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of whether or not Wrexham should be jumping ships, really, yeah. to the current yeah. Premier. You know, and I, in all fairness, I will point my finger and I will say, if that was to ever happen, whether it be Merthyr, Newport or Wrexham, one of them to get, mm-hmm. not jump into the Camry North or Camry South, just jump into the Camry Premier, I wouldn't mind... Wrexham doing that because it has yeah. that it has that level, but mm-hmm. and at the same time I know a lot of people would be like, oh, they got to follow the curriculum, they got to follow the guidelines, and I said, yeah, no, that's fine. I, I mean, I'm not saying that, but I would just let yeah, well, you put them in, yeah. you, you're granted money, you know, but um, you're guaranteed money. But speaking of money, I mean, a lot of people, even my missus said, why, you know, why Wrexham? And they've been well, they all said, why not? But what, why do you think? Two Amer- well, I can't say two Americans because Ryan Reynolds is Canadian. Yeah, um, well, be careful what you say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's like a, a, a Welsh person being called in English, and we both know how that feels. Um, no, but it's like one famous uh, Canadian actor who is sweep. He just swept Hollywood. He is Deadpool. He's you know I think he's such a talented actor. There's more to him than meets the eye. And then there's Rob mm-hmm. McElhenney, who's had uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, you know, big American sitcom with Danny DeVio and these men. And the thing is, as well, about Ryan Reynolds is, I, I don't know about Rob McElhenney. Maybe he has come a couple of investments. I don't know much about it, but I've looked into Ryan Reynolds. He is a businessman mm-hmm. and he, he's not stupid. He's put a lot of money into companies such as like a gin company. He's put money into yeah. um, dating apps. He's put in money in also. He's got his own production company, you know. So he's made of money. So he's, he's looking to put his money where his mouth is and put, invest in a football club. But on, on, the, on the level of where football is, is going now, considering that America and maybe a bit of Canada – are expanding in terms of, you know, the mm-hmm. creations of a lot of American uh, soccer teams. 
as you put it. (laughs) But um, in your personal opinion, why do you think Ryan Reynolds and Rob McKinley decided to come to the northest part of Wales and just buy one of the oldest clubs in Wales, if not in the world? I mean, I think a lot of uh, football sort of pundits, commentators have been trying to scratch their heads working it out. I think a couple of weeks ago when it was first sort of rumoured, um, I don't know how accurate this is. I, I don't know if it's verifiable or not, but apparently it was Rob McKell- uh, McKelleny idea. I think that's, I mean, I'm not sure how to say it. <laughs> I think it's McElhenney. They, they say McElhenney. Um, it was his idea and he's good friends with Ryan Reynolds. I think they've worked on a few things before. And he approached him. He knows, you know, they're both businessmen as well as actors. And he said, uh, I think he might have watched one of the sort of Sons Until I Die or the Tottenham Hotspur All or Nothing documentaries. And he thought, well, I could do that. And so they thought they'd go for a lower league so they could really sort of, you know, stick it out, invest lots and have a whole project. And they were, I think they were looking into Hartlepool, maybe. It you know, somewhere... I would have loved it if they got Hartlepool. I'm not going to be funny. I would have loved it if they had Hartlepool. Just yeah. then, it would have been bouncing off the walls <laughs> yeah i think it was hard it was somewhere like that and um they were looking and they were sort of researching thinking like which is the best which speaks to us the most and i think rob's father was a miner or a colliery worker or something like that and so when he was looking at the history of Wrexham, he thought right well that really speaks to me and so he got ryan reynolds in on board i mean ryan reynolds fantastic businessman he sold that gym gin company you mentioned for 200 million in about August, I think. So, you know, he's, he's made the money at the minute. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I've seen a few interviews with him where he said he won't invest until it, you know, unless it is actually what he wants, unless it is his heart's desire. So, you know, they're not going to just sort of rinse the club dry and leave. It's not going to be one of those. But um, so I think they were sort of looking for a human story, you know, one that had that proper appeal to them. And they just stumbled upon Wrexham. They thought, you know, they couldn't quite believe that a club this historic was doing so poorly and had done for you know such a sustained period of time and so you know they both thought well we can do it and you know there's been a lot of rumours that it's going to sort of Hollywood eyes the club and it's going to turn it into a sort of commercial product they're going to you know they're going to have a a documentary and it's just going to be that it's going to be almost like a soap club like a Harchester United was in uh, was it Oh, what was that Sky oh, one? Was it Dream, Dream Team? Dream Team in Dream the, team, that's the 90s, one. early 2000s kind of. Yeah, yeah. Harchester, one of the most bonkers football clubs you'll ever go to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so it, it, there was a lot of talk that it could be turning into that. But from the looks of things, I mean, I'm not sure if you've read their mission statement. I did it last week on air at the time of recording. And um, it, it is really genuine. I mean... I think half half of it was talking about how they'll beat Chester every time they play them. You, you know what? That's really that's it. You've you've won Wrexham fans. We're going to beat. Yeah. I I really liked it. I re- I read most of the mission um, statement anyway, and I and, and especially the minutes. And what I really admired Rob McElhenney was um, he said, "Right, we want to beat Chester," and then it goes on and on and on. It's like we're going to be. A, did I say yeah. we're going to beat Chester? That is such a Wrexham thing to say, though. It's mm. like we're going to be. 
and you know for a fact he's going to be on level with the supporters and everything, right? And but, but keep in mind, though, they, they may be businessmen, but these are men that came from uh, uh, into movies, <laughs> not into businesses. So they may know some. They know art. They know you know the the art form and everything. And football, in some ways, is art too. You know, and that's why I always try to say to support the art, save the art, and save football. You know, and everything. <laughs> but um. But one of the things I, uh, I I have noticed, there are some negative feedbacks, you know, especially from one or two friends of mine. They said, every football club should be owned by supporters. I disagree. And as much as I'd like to see supporters own their football club, the problem you got is, where do football fans take their club? You can only take them so far mm. in, in the future. Yeah. Whereas, you know, these businessmen or Hollywood people or... Um, whoever who have got money um you know and, and bearing in mind supporters trust and everything they may be owned by supporters but these people who are supporters they've come from a business background you, you, i mean mm-hmm. or they they must have a, a background in business why well, I, I know a football football man can run a club but you got to have a business sense to actually yeah. run it because yeah. the unfortunate thing about it is that football has come to a point where it is a business um and it could be a beautiful business if it's done correctly. Just don't do what Man United and Liverpool are trying to do, and that's trying to take over the rules of the sport. Yeah. Um, but with right, when I like I said, when I was reading the mission statements and everything, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney, I've literally turned around and said, they are they've been in the National League or the Conference, whatever you want to call it. They've been in there for nearly. Uh, ten and a half decades. Um, ten and a half, a decade and a half. <laughs> yeah. decades, flipping heck, it does feel like that. It's not that bad. <laughs> but yeah. Um, <clears throat> but you know, it, it's come to the point where you know, Wrexham have got to go somewhere. They got to move somewhere. They can't just be sitting in the sitting in the the dungeons, uh, as you will, mm. the dungeons of football. No disrespect to non-league football because it is the heartbeat of football. Um, but they got to go somewhere. And I've always said, you know, I, I, I mean, I remember the playoff. I think they played against Newport, mm-hmm. the, uh, the the Welsh derby, and yeah. Newport won. And I thought Wrexham had it there. I thought they had it, you know. And so close, yeah. It was so close, but you know, they 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 their heart is in the right place. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the other thing as well, you gotta we gotta understand is these are men who have chosen a wise football a wise club they made a wise decision they've mm-hmm. picked a non-league club and they say right they've had a big history in the past they were big in their heyday they're sleeping giants a lot of people laughed at that but it's true they were they, they were successful in the past they were a very successful Welsh football club and um you know and they are like sleeping giants so it is i mean i can't fault ryan reynolds and rob McElhenney. For turning around saying, look, we want to get them into the Football League. We want to do that. And yes, we, we may do like a Sunderland Till I Die kind of documentary to show how we do it. But where's, where's the fault? You know, the errors and everything. Because there's no really errors to begin with. Maybe there is in the background. But at this moment in time, it seems promising, you know. So, yeah. And it's an interesting point you raise about being fan-owned. Because the Reckham Supporters Trust have done quite a phenomenal amount of work I think 10 years maybe they've been in ownership of the club it's something like that but uh, you know both Ryan and Rob have stressed the importance of it and they've said they will still be involved they'll still be in the upper echelons of the football club it's just that 
you know, they've got the money bags coming from the two Hollywood stars. And so I think was it 98% of them voted yes. It was overwhelming. Just, I think 30 of them said no, which I mean, I, I'm, I can understand. I'm sure there are reservations to it, but I would have voted yes. I'm sure, I'm sure you would have I've seen your face. I would have asked me in a fucking film. Give me a moment. But it, uh, it's, it's, it's important that um, they really do seem to understand Wrexham. I mean, in that mission statement, they mentioned the Gresford Colliery disaster, which is so intrinsically linked with Wrexham. And you can tell they've done their research. You know, yeah. you can tell they haven't just gone up and down the 92 yeah. football league. Oh, they're, they're, not, the they're not 24 times Welsh Cup champions. You know, they're not. <laughs> they've literally gone, right, get the glasses on. Let's read yeah. word for words. Right, let's mm-hmm. understand. And at the same time, they, they mentioned the, the, the disaster. And like I said, it is close to, well, it's, it's happened in Wrexham, but it's the football club is what made the community mm-hmm. come together. And they just struck struck it and they struck it so well. But that's the point what I was trying to make with the supporters trust because they've been owners for quite some time. It's like a lot of people said, yeah, but they're comfortable. They're, they're happy there. It's like, they're probably not happy being in the National <laughs> League for no. 10, 15 years. It's like... Don't don't get me wrong. I know with um, it's like with Barry Town, right? But I would like to see investments. I want to shut TNS's mouth mouth shut. Yeah, I want to shut Canis Key up. I want to shut Baller up. I want us to return to lift the trophy. But I want I want Welsh football. If I was this multi millionaire or billionaire, I'd want mm. maybe a football club or maybe the league itself to thrive. You know, you yeah. know. To, uh, to make it worth something. And that's why those two guys from Hollywood, brilliant guys from Hollywood, who are talented on set, off set, minds and all, you know, they know something, they're not stupid. And businessmen, they're never stupid. They just no, happen to make the wrong yeah. decisions. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also the, the social media as well, the sort of, they're already so close before they'd even taken over. I mean, Rob McElhenney was sharing pictures of him on set watching the games, you know, streaming them on his laptop. He, I think he owns a fantastic classic shirt as well that he posted a picture of himself in with the Rex and Barker sponsor. Uh, Ryan Reynolds yesterday sent loads of bottles of his gin to bars in the area. He's been replying to, you know, to, I think, county councillors there. He, he's already so close. I mean, I'm not sure if you've seen the video they're sharing on social media there. It's basically an advert for Eva Williams, right? Uh, tra- yeah, oh, yeah, it was, oh, it was brilliant. Was just, I, oh, it's fantastic. I thought it was funny when he just sat there and went, Oh, shit, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he knows, he knows cause, yeah. because owning a football club is such a mm-hmm. you know, it's such a ride, it is such a bumpy ride. But if he does it right, if he does it to the point where um, let, let's put it this way, right? We, I don't know if you know, there are owners out there, but unfortunately we can't name them because we can't know at the top of our heads or they're, they're unsung heroes. But there have been football owners who have owned the football club for God knows how many years. They've took them to far and beyond and everything. And they probably turned around and said, look, we want to sell up because we've done, you know, that's all that we can do. Yeah. Football clubs live forever, not the business people or not the people who owned it, right? Mm-hmm. But there are, I, I don't know who, but there have been. And probably next time I'll probably mention, go, hey, look, I found how many. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it is going to be um, quite a, an interesting challenge. But especially as well, it's like a lot of people don't seem to understand the ones who are against it. Again, we see it from their perspectives. But you're talking, Wrexham, I've yeah. not seen... A lot of this in a long time. Uh-huh. 
And what's happened? Wrexham shirts have been bought. The Eva Williams mm-hmm. company has probably earned a lot of money because of that advertisement they've done, you know, and there's, there's, I don't know, the football shirts have been sold. Probably a lot of people, again, Wrexham supporters have uh, probably maybe iffy about it, but, you know, a lot of people are going to come from around the world just to see them. Mm-hmm. But I can understand, you know, it could be a Manchester United situation where, you know, tourism yeah. can only come for one game, whereas the supporters who have been there through thick and thin. But mm-hmm. like I said, those two guys, they've assured the, the fans. They said the fans will come first. We will do season tickets. We will do those. And we won't sell individual tickets until yeah. you know, all the season tickets have been bought out. But here's the thing for tourists. They're not going to buy a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, they mentioned buying a pint for every one of the supporters. They said that's due to COVID, they can't, but they would be, you know, they'd have a round in on them. And it's interesting you mentioned the sort of worldwide appeal now. We've seen Chris Hadfield, the first Canadian to be sent in space. He's now an honorary Wrexham fan. He, he's got a shirt as well. And he's tweeting about them constantly. So Russell Crone, as well as in Gladiator himself, saying yeah. his, dad, his grandfather was born in Wrexham. Uh, Jason Watkins, the comedian, he was on the one show. Howard Wilson, he was uh, Mr. Howard Wilson. Is that Jason? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he was yeah. brilliant. In no offense, I'm not like I said, I'm not a fan of monarchies now, but I do watch The Crown. I will put my hands up, just simply because it's just entertaining to see it. It was like, <laughs> yeah. But uh, the only good thing was was um, oh, who's that Welsh actor? He was in Chernobyl. What was his name? Oh, oh. I'm, I'm, I know the one sport football podcast, eh? Yeah. <laughs> just, just... Oh, I, I don't care. Shut up. It's my show. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, I see you mean, but it's just John Cleese as well. You know, he's... Uh... Yeah, yeah, that was the, that was, that was the, the thing. Name I mean, com- fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd imagine that's what everyone in the club shop is doing at the minute. They're just trying oh. to ship to Rio de Janeiro. I've seen people in Sydney and Australia buying the shirts. It, even if even if it hadn't gone through, you know, even when it was just in the newspaper, I've seen the Guardian doing it for them to, you know, talk about Welsh football. That is something because they don't like Wales anyway. No. But so then with the football as well, even if it hadn't gone through, there's sort of already the sort of knock-on effect of the the talk, you know, the talk surrounding it, the rumours. I mean, shirts were flying off the shelves. Yeah. I mean, I'm buying one. I, I will be. Yeah, I, I was. I was thinking. I was thinking. I'm going to do that because the thing is about Wrexham, right? I'll tell you this now. Mm-hmm. The thing about Wrexham Football Club, whether before and after the Hollywood Hollywood came to them, right? Wrexham have always been a well-respected and well-loved mm-hmm. football club by England, uh, English teams. They've always respected them. But a lot of Welsh, all, everywhere in Wales, they've always respected Wrexham because... They did it their way. They've always gone right. And they've sold yeah. Wales to everyone, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they've represented Wales for a long, long time. And that's where the respect comes from. And the thing about Wrexham is, I think it's been a long time coming and a long deserving award for them to have it. And it's like a lot of people would probably say, yeah, but they won't be like Cardiff and Swansea. I went, no, because they'll be better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Newport, I know they're still owned by their supporters, but I think or a multimillionaire who, who, uh, mm. who owns a stake of it. But you know, fair play to Wrexham, good old yeah. Wrexham. Oh. It's fantastic, and I think one of the, 
another sort of key reason why they sort of targeted it is they've got a lot of young fans because normally you know if your local side is sort of in non-league because it's so because it's got such close links with liverpool and you know there would be is a case to make that probably a lot of youngsters there growing up would support liverpool their dads probably support liverpool because it's so close or you know maybe man united maybe i mean a lot of people in carfilly seem to support arsenal you know you've got the weird or even not in forest it's I know it's really weird that you get these sort of uh, where people travelling for work, it's cheaper to live, etc. So you get those sort of weird, almost sub-communities. Yeah. But Wrexham have got so many young supporters who turn up, or before, you know, before they were playing behind closed doors, they did turn up week in, week out. And so I think that's another one. They've already got that established support. They won't have to win over people who are already there. It's... Uh, you know, they've got that already. It's fantastic to see. Considering, considering the fact that they are close to Liverpool and Everton and Tramia, mm-hmm. um, considering the geographical uh, close they are... Yeah, proximity, yeah. Proximity they are. Fair play to Wrexham's fan base for sticking their guns at, you know, yeah. and everything. Because, you know, you're not going to get... It's like, that's the unfortunate thing with Barry. Because of... Um, I know I'm going to sound a bit hypocritical because uh, apart from Barry, I'm Everton and that's my dad's fault it is because my dad loved mm-hmm. Neville Southall. And I always try to tell my mates, like, can that be a one-off because <laughs> Neville Southall was the goalkeeper? <laughs> yeah. But um, no, it, it's a sad thing because like with Cardiff City, because they're in the, in, in the English league and because Barry are in the Welsh league and you're not going to get many support and everything, I, I, I solely do not like the fact that... Um, you know, fans would or football fans would always say because Barry are rubbish or because um, not Carnarvon because in no offence to Carnarvon they they've got a brilliant fan base and Bangrav but I think most of Bangor have gone to the other club. Um, but fans, you know, um, fans in the areas such as you know like Portalbert and Barry and Kefford Ruids and 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 Llandidno and all the, all those places. You've got to feel sorry for them because they've always been down, down, looked down upon and said, oh, they're mm-hmm. a rubbish team. Or well, is that why you don't support them? Yes, because they're rubbish. Where's Man United in the Premier League? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're a rubbish team. Where's Arsenal in the league? <laughs> oh, my God. God, yeah. I mean, I know, I mean, but it's like everyone points out Everton for me. And I went, yes, but I've been supporting a rubbish team for all my life. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the pain. <laughs> um, oh, but fair play to Wrexham. And I wish Ryan Reynolds, well, they're not going to probably not see it. But if they do, please sponsor me, Ryan Reynolds. You've got the American gin. Give me all the money, please. <laughs> yeah, I'd be sending a little tweet to find you. He, uh, he seems to be good at replying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But um, I, know I wish them all the very best, and hopefully they can start uh, start and end it on a very good note. And mm-hmm. and then hopefully I wouldn't be surprised in, if they do such a good job. I wouldn't be surprised if um, there would be you know a sta- a statue of Ryan Reynolds and Rob <laughs> with a trophy in their hand. You know, yeah. going, yes, we've done it. You know, but fair play to them. Well, I mean, the, the book is already running odds on uh, Wrexham being in the Premier League by 2026. So that's uh, back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back promotions. 
Yeah. They keep mentioning Salford's in. They're going to be like another Salford. You don't, we don't know that. We don't know the no. bit. It's mm. like, here's the thing about Salford, right? Um, we don't know yet. So we can't do the comparisons yet. But if you look at Salford, right? All right. You've got the class of 90, uh, class of 92, they own 10% mm -hmm. each. And 40% is owned by Peter Lim, who's the multi-billionaire who also owns Valencia, right? But if you notice, right? Peter Lim has only invested a small minority of his finances to the club. Most of the money has actually come from um, the class of 92 because of their, uh, how, how can I say this? Um, because of their merchandise, because of their salaries on Sky, uh, on Sky or on guest dinners and, and everything. Yeah. They're earning a lot of money. Yeah, the BBC programme they did as well. So, you know, they're, they're earning well-spent money. And a lot of people, and because they've been, I think because if, a lot of people say they're going to be like another Salford because, oh, they spend a lot of money and now they're just trapped in League Two. And I said, well, that was their target. That's always <laughs> been their target is to get to the League, Football League. And then what they're going to do then is that they're going to go back and go, right, where are we going to go now? Because bearing in mind, when did David Beckham, how long has he been owner, a 10% owner of Salford? Not for long. He only just he only just come on board, so they've got a plan. So you know, Wrexham have got a plan. I think that their plan is, it's like they've always said, we want to take them into the football league. They want to beat Chester, you know. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've got two main objectives there. <laughs> you know, main objectives, you know. They want to play. They want to do it for the history. They want to. Mm -hmm. They want to rescue. The, 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 the pride, the reputation of Wrexham yeah. Football Club. That's what they want to do. And do you know what? I watched that and I thought, and excuse my language, I just thought, you fucking beauties. Absolute <laughs> beauties. I love you for that. So fair play to them. Absolute fair play. Cannot fault them a bit. I think that's probably the sort of disparity between Salford and Wrexham. Is that Wrexham are a historical club? Yeah. I mean, it's people will have heard of Wrexham before. I mean, Salford, you're looking at, I might upset James Young yeah. but you're looking at Jason Manford being from there, Media City, the BBC, and Old Trafford being located in it. I mean, Wrexham, you've got, as I say, that 92 game against Arsenal, the FA Cup third round. You've got Mickey Thomas. You've got Nico Williams now. He's from Kevin Mowden. You've got Joey Jones. Joey Jones, of course, one of Wales' greatest ever left backs. You've got the race course ground. Yeah. You know, Wales won, England nil. Mark Hughes on his debut. Mark Hughes as well. He's got so many. You've got Ian players. Rush. Yeah, Ian Rush played that. You've got so many. Um, no, that's a new point. I was going to mention. Oh, he's gone again. John Aldridge. But you've, you've got so much history there. Do you know what I mean? It is such a huge club, a fallen giant, really. Yeah. No, I, I get that. I get that. I'm just looking at this at this now, and uh, the signal keeps going for some. It's like the red, yellow, amber. It's going on Rainbow Circus. You're still here. I know you are. But um, you know, it, but but that's the thing about Salford and the, the comparisons with Salford and Wrexham. No offense, James, but uh, but Wrexham. When you think of Wrexham, <laughs> you do think of those things. You do think of. Yeah. The race course. You think of the FA Cup. You think of the Welsh Cup. You think of them in Europe. And guess mm -hmm. what? There's only two teams that have beaten Porto in the European um, competition, and that was Wrexham and Barry Town. None of you can. None of you could take it away. You know. So uh, <laughs> those are the only two that done it. And we were the only <laughs> Welsh team to beat a Welsh English league side to win the FAW 
ball, and that was Barry two, Wrexham one. Thank you. <laughs> but the, I was waiting for you to bring all this up. <laughs> oh, no, but but the, yeah, but Ian Rush, um, Joey Jones, Mickey Thomas, I mean Lee Jones mm-hmm. as well, because Lee Jones went to Liverpool and and, and played in. But um, I know we got probably a lot of names at the Neil top. Neil Taylor. Yeah. Sorry. Neil Taylor. Neil Taylor. Neil Taylor. Yeah. yeah. Did um, who was going for? Oh no, no, it was um, no. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you another thing. I, when I had Steve Evans on the show, I mean Steve Evans mm-hmm. from Wrexham, but he started at TNS, and uh, then he, oh. then, but then he signed for Wrexham. I think a few years later. And what happened then? He, he got the call up for Wales and he became the first. Mm. I, I know Wrexham got relegated during his time at Wrexham, but he became the first non league side, uh, non league player, sorry, to be called up for Wales. So, oh, so I mean, and he's, he had so many stories. It was absolutely amazing. Fair play to him. But some big names have come from Wrexham. And have mm. succeeded so well. You, you you can't take that away from Wrexham. And I know, like I said, we keep going back to Salford. Salford, right, they had plans. If no one's watched the Class of 92, not the brilliant independent film documentary, but the Sky Sports <laughs> documentary, right? If anyone watches that, which I, mm-hmm. I do say please do, because I think it teaches a lot of people if they want to do own a football club in the future of how it's run, how it goes in a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Their plans have always been, I mean, if you looked at it, they didn't have the best ground until they came. It wasn't brilliant no. until they built it and it became awesome. You know, they had plans. And like with Wrexham, they've got plans. They don't, Wrexham, um, Wrexham don't need a new stadium. Right, they don't need a new stadium. The race course will never ever go away, so that's a tick. They don't need to do that, right? Finances are mm-hmm. sorted, tick. The people, the fans are sorted. We've made them happy. They'll come, tick. What's left? Um, top of the list, promotion, up. Things mm-hmm. are going up, and yeah. you can't really go wrong about that. Oh, and, and that's. Well, the thing is, you mentioned the sort of running of a football club. Look at Sam Haman at Cardiff. You know, he turned round at one point and had to say, I, I've got no money because he, you know, he spent sort of twice what he was meant to. That's why, you know, he, he wanted to propel the side up. That's why the likes of Danny Gabidon signing there was because they knew, you know, because he knew they had the investment, but he hadn't sort of accounted in the extra cost. Whereas Ryan Reynolds, Already is on a Hollywood salary, so is Rob yeah. McAllany. And yeah. then you look, Ryan Reynolds has just sold a gin business of 200 million, and you're thinking, okay, well, they're not <laughs> going to run out of money anytime soon. Come on yeah. in. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> but, uh, do you think, do you actually, do you know what? I'm going to ask you this question. Do you think these two guys will be the next, um, I can't pronounce the name, but I'm going to go for it. Vishay Sharapava, if I said it right. Um, do you think, oh, of Leicester. Yeah, do you think they'll be the next owners who have... Because if you look at Leicester, I know we'll, we'll probably move on to other topics in a minute, but if you look at Leicester, right, um, the, 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 um, the Sharapava family, mm-hmm. right, they invested in Leicester, right, when they were in, a, I think they are in the Championship or League One. 
But they came. Andy in. King was playing for them. Yeah. Well, he, he Andy King has been playing for him for a lot. I think he's. I think he's yeah. been playing. But uh, that's one guy I really want on my show. <clears throat> oh, really. can you imagine? It'd be brilliant. Premier League champion. Andy yeah. King. Oh. Plays yeah. at the Euros as well. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I need one of those. I need one of. Oh. Gotta get firing the emails after. You've already had Costa Rill on. He was. Uh, he was Euro 2016. I better. Yeah. Well. He was, but uh, I got to, in all fairness to him, but I'll tell you more uh, off, off the record. Yeah, 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 I mean, this yeah, is just in case. Just in case, but um, no, it would be brilliant. But no, just going on to uh, the, 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 the owners of Leicester, right? Mm-hmm. They came in, they were billionaires, they are billionaires, they were billionaires, but the thing they did was did it the right way. They didn't splash the cash. They didn't pick a manager like Jose Marino. They didn't pick a manager who was going to take them nowhere in a league. They, they did it so right. And if you, th- if you look, when they won the Premier League, if you looked at the, how much they spent, how much they spent on that yeah. team, 30 million. No. 30 to 35 million pounds. Oh. You know what? I'm looking that up. Sorry, one minute. If I go off camera, for, I'm I'm looking it up. I That's am. all right. You do that. I'll try and work it out. You had off the top of my head, Jamie Vardy was one one point four million. Yeah. Golo Kante was something about five hundred thousand pounds. Yeah. Uh, Riyad Mahrez was I think four hundred fifty thousand pounds. Maybe Danny Drinkwater came through Man United, so I think they might have got him on free. Nathan Dyer came in on loan from Swansea. Oh, did you uh, know that's bonkers, that is? I never got that. How they got that was absolutely surreal. And then you look at Casper Schmeichel, the son of Peter Schmeichel. He mm-hmm. was there already. So Yeah. Um, Danny Simpson as well. He joined yeah. from Newcastle, didn't he? Wes Morgan had been there for years, club captain. Robert Huth had come from Stoke, I believe, having already won the Premier League with Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Christian Fuchs had come from Schalke. I believe he was on the expensive side for them, but that's still not much. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Damari Gray had come from Birmingham City as a youngster, so he didn't cost too much. Uh, Shinji Okazaki had cost a bit from Mainz, I think, was it? He'd come from Germany. He was uh, Leonardo Ajoa, uh, Islam Slomani as well, I think, was there when they won it. Yeah. He might join the year after. I mean, I'm just sort of showing off now with how many Leicester players I can name. But uh, yeah, Some of these have come from... It, one minute, I'm trying to have a look here. It's Jamie Vardy from non-league Fleetwood. Yeah, I know, most the, I know most of the... Um, mm. I know most of the wages have gone up, gone up for them, but I don't blame them because they're probably... Oh, yeah. uh, where are they? Right, I'm not... Golo Kanza came from SM Khan in the first yeah. second tier. Uh, Riyad Mahrez came Wait, from here we go. Here we go. So their total spending, right, on that season, right, was £27,300,000. No. No. Yeah, yeah. Seriously? Yeah, just, I'm going back on it. And I really, I only came back on to see your reaction. Uh, <laughs> Who'd they spend that on? 
I'm going to, I'm showing it to you now. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, if we're supposed to be talking about Welsh football for a moment, but this is <laughs> such, this is such madness here. Um, and bear in mind, Andy King is from Wales, so we'll just count it. So, uh, yeah. So, okay. but here we go. So very quickly, guys, and uh, I do apologise, ladies and gentlemen, if you wanted to see uh, Welsh football at its peak. Um, so, right, they've spent 27300000 right? So they, mm-hmm. they bought Christian Fuchs? Yeah, Christian Fuchs, yeah. Yeah, well. Got to be careful saying that one. Yeah, yeah. Robert Huth, Huth for $3 million. Ooh. I'll They're go back to Christian. Though, he was on a free. He was on a free. He was um, okay. uh, Shinji uh, Okazaki. He cost seven million. Mm-hmm. Kante cost five and a half, uh, five point six million. Is it? Yeah. Uh, there's Johan Benaluan. Oh yeah, the centre half. Yeah. Yeah, but it was under undisclosed, so they're not releasing anything. Um, Gokan Inter or Inla. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was three million. Uh, Demari Gray or Demare Gray uh, from Birmingham City was three million seven hundred, uh, seven hundred thousand even. Um, uh, Daniel Amali he was five million from Copenhagen or Copenhagen, wherever mm-hmm. you want to pronounce it. Uh, Daniel Iverson from Esberg was undisclosed, and then I don't think we've ever seen this player, but it's. Uh, Faik Bokia or Bokaya, whatever, and he was on a and he was on a free, but he came in match. Um, uh, and then the players that left that day were Chris Wood, David Nugent, Joe Davis, and Simona Stat. I can't pronounce her name, so I ain't going here. And they made <laughs> their total income was seven million, right? So they brought in Nathan Dyer. They loaned out yeah. a lot of players, and guess who they loaned out as well that day? Yeah. Uh, not that day. On the twenty first of August, two thousand fifteen, uh, they loaned out Tom Lawrence oh. to Blackburn. Well, they that George Thomas as well, the Welshman. He's come through the academy. I think he's a world international. Yeah. And the funniest part of Leicester winning the league was that Esteban Cambiasso, as in Champions League winner with Inter Milan, you know, <clears throat> Argentina international played in the World Cup, played in two World Cups, I think, left the season before. He joined for one season, kept them up, went to Olympiacos, they win the league. Yeah, and he's there. Uh, can you imagine? Uh, yeah. Hold on, we've just stayed up last season. <laughs> <laughs> what? What is this? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Do you know what? That that'll be the day, right? One day we're gonna we're gonna see Barrytown win the Kemi Premier, right? And you're gonna probably have me on the phone or in the radio in the studio going, right? Um, we got a very special guest here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he's our dear friend Reesteens. Uh, he's a bit excited, and there's me going <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, I might have to uh, might have to be quick on the sort of fader down in case any colourful language comes out in your excitement. <laughs> oh yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Nathan Spackman is ready for the bleeps, so he's got his, <laughs> he's got his index finger on the buzzer. So, uh, <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, would you all kindly brace yourself? <laughs> oh, we won that mother effing league. <laughs> Yeah, apologies in advance. That was the, the station's final broadcast. <laughs> <coughs> oh, excuse me. Oh man. <laughs> so we've gone. I think we've gone off topic for quite a bit. But um, 
yeah, but I think Wrexham may do that. But uh, no, I don't know about winning the Premier League. But surely the, the future is there for Wrexham to compete against Cardiff, Swansea, and Newport once again, and probably compete mm. some of the against their older. I don't, I don't see them competing against Chester for a while. But well, that was um, that was part of the mission statement. They had an asterisk if we ever play them again. Yeah, if because they're yeah. yeah, I think sixth or seventh tier. Chester at the minute, I think they're in the sixth. Coming north, I think. Are they in the coming north? Someone said they're, they're in the same in... league as Hereford. Yeah, which which is, I mean, they could probably both join the Cymru League. Chester did used to play in the Welsh Cup, but uh... did you know? Did you know when Chester City were on its last legs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the um, the Vaughan family uh, attempted to apply Chester. To the, the the Welsh Premier League in order to really? save them, yeah. I did well, not, not know in that. order to save them, I think to, to earn another few pounds because the Vaughan yeah. family. We'll talk about them another time, but the Vaughan family was such a controversial business family to mm-hmm. have the grace upon football. But that was it. That, that was that's well, actually true. Well, I think from my memory, they won the Welsh Cup in 1912. It was, uh, well, it was a special about. guest. <laughs> Okay. Wait a minute. Let me give you a pause on that. Let's pause the video for a minute. Right. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, it was uh, we had to take a bit of a quick break, then sudden break for a moment because of because uh, uh, in the in the video it's going to be like uh, us talking, going haha, and then all of a sudden, sorry guys, you know. So <laughs> I'll, I'll do like a what under the cost does, and just add a little uh, the, our screen logo and go. Yeah. You know, and very nice, yeah. Do that. Little transition, yeah. Nice little, <laughs> or just me going. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was you talking about then? Uh, Wrexham, yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. but no, fair enough. Uh, we're gonna move on in a minute anyway because we need to talk about Wales because that's the most important thing ever. Because I want to talk about a lot of things about Wales. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, but all the very best to Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. Uh, if they Bring bring us the Wrexham that we used to know. That would be absolutely fantastic, and wish him all the very best. My message just walked into the room again. Let's see. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, so do you have anything to say on the Wrexham Wrexham supporters or the club? Anything before we move on? I, I think it's, I think we've covered it a lot now. Um, you're just trying to fill time. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I just, I just genuinely wish them all the best. I, I, I cannot wait to see how it unfolds. And they, they won on um, Tuesday night, didn't they? They beat Hartlepool one yeah. 0 I think. Hartlepool. <laughs> was it? I think, I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it was Hartlepool, then that's a bit of an ironic thing, you know. Cause... I know. The first win of the new era was uh, a team. It was so close to building their an era oh, of their own. Yeah, it's happening. It's happening. Fair play. Oh, I know the stars have aligned there, haven't they? Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's talk about now Wales. The national team. Ten games, you know, without a loss. Um, was it nearly ten games or ten games that we um, not conceded? Oh, oh we conceded yeah. against Finland. Now, guys, th- this is a pre-recorded podcast. So uh, if we say last night and everything, and you guys are wondering, well, I didn't see last game or anything like that. Don't worry. <laughs> it's, uh, it, 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 
we were recording this a day after um, the Wales and Finland game. I only catch, I only caught half of it because of um, uh, because I was working. But three tremendous goals, Dan James, man! Oh my God, Harry Wilson's goal. Keith Moore would just just never, never, ever. If any defenders, you better watch yourself. If Keith Moore comes in for a cross or a corner, he is lethal. Um, I'm still tempted. I just cannot wait for the day that I get to try and have Chris Gunter by seeing he's earned over a hundred caps for Wales. You know, oh, oh, number ninety nine. It was fantastic. I don't know what's happened, but this Wales side now. I, one year ago today, as we're recording this, was Wales 2, Hungary 0, when Aaron Ramsey scored twice to send us to the Euros. The last Wales game I was at, which is genuinely heartbreaking, you know, due to yeah. COVID, we've not been able to be there since then. And now 3-1 against Finland when we needed a win to be promoted. It's, I don't know what it is, we're thriving under pressure now. We've never seen that in a Wales side yeah. before. You look at Wales-Romania, that Paul Bowden penalty miss. Never before have we had. Uh... I still want. I still want him on my show. I'm trying to get in contact with the FAW, and I'm trying to get in contact as much as I can with a lot of these former players. Um, mm. But I remember um, speaking to Kevin Ratcliffe in the um, in the first time I spoke to him, mm-hmm. and he said he missed the game, and uh, and yeah. he said, "Oh, the, the, who did?" The... But I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get a few people to come on and talk about that game. But it's so difficult because some of the names that <clears throat> who have um, played the, played that game are very uh, big, well-known Welsh mm-hmm. superstars, yeah. you know. But but considering how far Wales have come, because if we, you know, there was no success. There was success in 1958. We all know that. You know what? That's the reason why Spirit of '58 is still there. Mm-hmm. You know? And now. Um, then in the sixties, it was it, it, the sixties, seventies, and eighties. It was all up and down. I know yeah. the seventies was a bit okay because Mike Smith tried his best to win to get through the European Championship. And but I want to talk about uh, maybe me and you should talk about this, and we should dig it up soon. It's Wales v Yugoslavia, uh, Battle of Ninian Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that'll be one to talk about. It was such a brutal match. Um, Rudy Glockner, the referee, almost got killed that day. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, we we'll definitely have to talk about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, the 80s, it ran dry, but uh, Kevin mm-hmm. Ratcliffe and a few players who played under them, they've said that Mike England could have had that potential to actually take Wales further yeah. beyond, but he can do it. Um, then Terry Yorath, bless his heart, you know, uh, uh, I know he's not dead, but f- this is a man who. Uh, <laughs> But this is a man who could have taken Wales, you know, to the night yeah. for World Cup. I think, because um, at that time, Graham Taylor was manager for England and England never qualified for the World Cup because it was their worst ever. Yeah, um, they, they did the documentaries, didn't they? Yeah. For an impossible job. Yeah. And <clears throat> then in the, then all of a sudden it was the Bobby Gould era. And I've interviewed many players who talked about yeah. Bobby Gould. It was such a mixture. A lot of young players were grateful that he picked them. Um, Mm -hmm. His heart was in the right place. I think Bobby Gold's heart was in the right place for Wales, but I do believe that he wasn't, he was never the right man for the job. Because it's no, sorry. It was just just the fact that his heart's in the right place, but 
his experience as a manager has come from Wimbledon, the crazy gang era. Yeah. I mean, he brought more tension than togetherness as the saying together stronger goes now. So, uh, what was you going to say, sorry? Well, I was going to say about his sort of forays with Wimbledon. That's what he tried to create that sort of crazy gang mentality within the side, that sort of, you know, fight to the death for one another. But the issue is you, you can't do that in international football. Yeah. I, Mind you, the FAW have managed to do that. If you look at nowadays, the players are all so close. You see when Johnny Williams scored the winner against Bulgaria's first international goal, you see the videos after. They're all going mental for him, but there's just not enough time to gel. I suppose it's because we've seen all these Welsh players come through the youth systems together. I mean, there's a fantastic photo that I think Scotty or tweeted um, last night, and it was Dan James, Harry Wilson and Joe Morrell together in one of the age groups they, I think it must have been under-14s or something all yeah. lined up next to each other and then last night in the team photo next to each other and so they all know each other but I mean some of, some of the stories it could be a podcast in its own right yeah Bobby Gould days I mean, oh, we'll, we'll do that we'll, we'll oh, cover yeah. it we will cover it because uh, I think uh, my guests are running up dry but the co-host isn't <laughs> so, uh, we will talk about that in so many details, because I love oh, the Bobby yeah. Gold. I love the Bobby Gold era because I believe it's what um, it was. It was the pivotal moment of a dark day in mm. Welsh football because Bobby Gold. I'll mention. I'll just quickly say this now. Bobby Gold attempted to do something that wasn't original in international football standards. Mm-hmm. If it was a football club standards, maybe it would have worked liking Wimbledon or whatever, but at international level, you got these, you got Ryan Giggs, John Hartson, uh, Barry Horn, Dean Saunders. Yeah. Um, you know, you had Neville Salto and Ian Rush with the coaches, you know, these are men who've been there and done that and done it better than Bobby Gold ever did. Um, mm. Not as managers, but as players, you know, and where they've come from. And I still think to this day, John Hartson won that fight against Bobby Golden. <laughs> we will we'll go on to it later. <laughs> but yeah, so there was the Bobby Gold era. Then I think it, it was after him, Ian Rush, uh, no, um, uh, Mark Hughes and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Neville Southall took over as yeah. caretakers for a bit. Um, then Mark Hughes took over. He had hope. It, it's funny because it was, it was, it was as if. Um, there's a pattern going on. So you had Terry Yorff who brought hope. Mm-hmm. Then we went back into darkness. Then Marcus came. He brought the hope because of the, the famous 2-1 win against um, Italy. And did you know, if you look back on all the results, we did tremendous. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. tremendous. And how we did not qualify for a Europe, um, European Championship mm. or Euros, whoever you want to call them, um, how he qualified for a World Cup is beyond me. But then when he left, and this is a, a podcast to talk about as well, John Toshak's era. Yeah. But a lot of people have said, and I have to agree, if it wasn't for him, Wales would not have been where they are today because here's the reason why. That's true. Here's the reason why. So John Toshak came, right? Now, in the media, they slandered him because he bottled it because he, he was given the job back in the early 90s after Terry mm-hmm. Orff left. Didn't have it in him, so he buggered off to Spain. Um, <clears throat> but when he came back in, the 
experienced players felt that it wasn't necessary. That's why Gary Speed retired. Robbie Savage, um, mm-hmm. I think Savage still stayed, but he stayed only for a little bit. All these experienced players just left. John Hartson, I think, um, left. Left. Ryan Giggs left. You know, and it was mm-hmm. leading to the point where John Toshak had no choice but to get the youngsters in. And who came in? Gareth Bale, uh, Joe Allen, um, Ben Davis, Wayne Hennessy, you know, mm-hmm. all these young talent. Aaron Ramsey. Aaron Ramsey was, yeah, he was captain at 20. Yeah. Uh, Chris Gunter as well, when he was on the books at Spurs. Yeah. But who he... gave him that captaincy, though, at the age of 20? Who gave him that? It wasn't John Toshak. Who was it? Go on. Gary Speed. It was Gary. Yes, of course. Yes, of course. It was Gary. But then after when John Toshak left, I thought to myself, we need someone. He was never going to do it. In all fairness, John Toshak never had it in him. He just, he literally, I think um, John Toshak, if you're going to tr- compare Bobby Gold and John Toshak to be the worst Wales managers going, my God, we would have been he sat here for days trying to, <laughs> like a conspiracy guidelines going around saying right this is this is the reason why <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, we'll be going there for days but I remember and I'll be perfectly honest when uh, Gary Speed blesses our um, God bless him um, when when he um, when he came I will be honest with you I thought uh, I was like yeah. uh, he's not got the experience yet uh, he's, he's only been at Sheffield United for four months why the FAW? And then all of a sudden, whack! What the hell are we seeing here? Yeah. And he, he was bringing something new. He was bringing something exciting. <clears throat> Aaron Ramsey was captain. Oh my God! He, he was. He was. And then, yeah. my God! God damn it, Gary! Um, yeah, still raw. I still. Yeah. Still can't really believe it. Just on the upturn as well. It started a bit shaky, but. Uh, yeah. It was shaky, yeah. but he was leading. He was going to be the man. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you this now. I remember, I've said this so many times on the podcast, right? But I remember it was on that day when he passed away. It's like, it's one of those moments. Where were you? I was in Cardiff Central. And I remember that day was so quiet. It was just a quiet day in Cardiff mm-hmm. Central. It was busy, but do you know when, it's hard to explain. Do you know when it's busy, but you know there's this feeling of calm, it's like a calm before the yeah. storm kind of thing. Yeah. Or something mm. was not right. And as a habit, I just looked at my phone. Breaking news, Wales manager Gary Speed died. And I thought, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. And we thought, what are we going to do? Where is this going to go? Um, and then I was wondering, and this, this is very some selfish or heartless in, in some ways, but I was thinking, then, well, who's going to take over now? And yeah. and the names that they popped up, I thought, right, we got potential to have Craig Bellamy, not Craig Bellamy. Um, uh, what's his name? Oh, Tony Pulis. Tony Pulis yeah. popped up, but at that time, I think he would have been a good option, but I don't think he would have brought us anywhere. And then when Chris Coleman came in, that's when I started banging, bashing my head on the table, going, "Why? Why? Why?" Yeah. Why? And 
And then all of and then all of a sudden he just took us to the Euros and we got to the semi-finals and I thought you know what he's not so bad after all you know <laughs> <laughs> the best summer of our lives and oh the thing it started so poorly as well with passport gate when he forgot his passport at the airport uh, was it six nil to Serbia which a Bosnia six went to Serbia and Gareth Bale scored free kick. I remember Sahia going the FBW have not got a clue which manager they want to yeah. bring next or. Why is it that every manager comes in and we do so poorly? And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, we're beating Belgium. Yeah, 3 nil against Israel. 3 nil against Israel? <laughs> we're beating Bosnia. Okay, we can beat Cyprus, no problem. But <laughs> <laughs> it was just... And I was there most of those games as well. And I'm there going, this is amazing. Yeah. Stop. I... I want to. I want to enjoy this. And then next, you know, I, I'm I'm in a pub, Weatherspoon's pub, and I'm getting pint glasses splashed all over me because we're beating Belgium three one in the Euros. Yeah. Oh. And Chris Coleman will forever. But I think for Chris Coleman, someone has to say he was not just the manager. He was not just the manager that was leading Wales. It was Gary Speed that started it off. That mm. hope. Yeah. Um, and then when Chris Coleman left, I was a bit heartbroken because I thought oh, he could have had one more, just one more. Yeah. But how do you... D- I know we're going to talk about the, the six, because with the success of Wales, you know, the 10 games and everything, and bearing in mind, if you've noticed, with Wales, these are players not just from Premier League. These are players from... Uh, they were players from Spanish League. Oh, Real Madrid. Um, <laughs> I, for this day, if someone offered me a Real Madrid ticket, I will not have it. No, no, I would never have it on principles unless it was in the away end. That means I get to support whoever <laughs> team's going against. Yeah. On principle, I will always. Someone offers me a Real Madrid top, shove it up your ass. But the way they treated <laughs> Bale was wrong, absolutely wrong. I'm going on a rant here because it it was wrong. If you didn't want him in the first place, why spend that so much? No, 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 no. If you didn't want him and you wanted him gone, you should have just. Suck it up, spend the money, and do whatever. My uh, torch went off for a minute. I do apologize <laughs> because the battery is dying. But um, no, uh, but but yeah, it's just players of mixture from Championship, League One, League Two, uh, Scotland, and everywhere. It was just coming all over the place. I mean, the togetherness because they've been through so much. I mean, oh. Yeah, on a lot though. Fair play, we're doing some good timing here. Yeah, I could honestly talk about the current Wales crop all day. I mean, you say eleven unbeaten. When I think last time it was Mike England. Yeah, go on, I'll fill. I'll fill. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, eleven unbeaten. The longest time before that was Mike England when he first took over. I think that was maybe eight or nine. I'm not sure. I'll have to fact check that. At 774 minutes without conceding before Timu Kuki scored last night. I mean, I think that's a new record in and of itself. We were so, so close, just half an hour away from uh, finishing the whole Nations League campaign without conceding a goal. And the only team to have ever done that before is Belarus last year, which nobody would have expected. But um, not Belarus. Belarus, 1819, only team to have kept a clean sheet for the whole thing because they're down in League C or D or wherever it is. Just um, 16 points. It's a five win, one draw. That's the most points of any side in any group. 
as if you, you know, if it was just on a points basis on the league table, Wales would win that as well. One promotion to League A, playing the big boys week in, week out. There's no international games till March. So, you know, hopefully with about three vaccines on the go at the minute, we'll be there to see Chris Gunter's 100 cap. We'll be there to see the likes of Spain, you yeah. know, Spain away, Germany away. See and these will be cheap targets as well. Yeah, exactly. And I think, to be honest, playing in League A probably suits our style of play more because we're fantastic defensively. And Joe Roden and Chris Meppen, what a partnership. Yeah. And have, we're so good. I mean, look at when we played the USA, you know, keeping them to a nil-nil draw, only conceding the one. Even against Ireland going at five at the back, we're just so solid no matter who we play. If we're playing the big boys and we can keep them, you know, the pace we've got in the counter-attack, Dan James, Gareth Bale, David Brooks, Dan James Tyler Scott. Roberts. Oh, the engine, I know. He, even Kiefer Moore as well, he's deceptively quick for a man who's six foot five or ever tall yeah. he is. I remember I counter-attacking. I remember when he played for England C and he was at Jenna Park, I think. Really? I think I guys just Hold on for that for a moment. That's where I'm going, I think. Because me and Ryan Cox, who does the tannoy at Jenna Park for mm-hmm. the Maritown Games, he was reading it out, and I can re- specifically remember there was a more. There was someone more on the field. It could have been Kiefer Moore or someone else, but I remember it was here, It was England C versus Wales C at Jenna Park. And oh, Was it 3-0, that game? Yeah. Cause I, yeah, because I... Fajiri Yokinabiri scoring a hat-trick. Is that the one? Wait, you can pronounce it. Do you remember Ryan not pr- pronouncing it? Yeah. Went for yeah. Jerry. Now you know who the yeah. name is. Yeah, I, I do. I remember. <laughs> I was there with that exact one. <laughs> I remember. I was. I was standing next to Ryan, um, trying to. <laughs> I will never forget this. I will never forget this. He tried it the first time, and oh, he just went. He looked at it, and he went for Jerry Ockend. Uh, um, oh, for God's sake! And he, he just couldn't <laughs> and then, they, and then he, he literally just looks at the sheet and goes, Reese, you're going to read and write in this. You take over. <laughs> <laughs> How am I supposed to pronounce this name? That's like saying, Sanfire, Pusquengis, go get it, and drop it, and go, 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 go. I mean, that's that just. Oh, very, very nicely done. Little, little variety there. <laughs> very much. But I mean, I was there going, uh, and then I just remember. I will never forget this. It was just the fact that Ryan just turns around and goes, for Jerry. And then he goes, yay, <laughs> like that. Oh. <clears throat> oh, dear. Well, I remember me and a friend in, in school one time, I think, you know, out of boredom, we were just watching Barnsley highlights when they'd been promoted from League One. And Kiefer Moore was playing there and he was scoring quite a few. And I remember him saying, um, you know, keep an eye on this lad because he's, He's a hidden gem. All of a sudden, two weeks later, he's called up to a, a training squad in Portugal. And we're going, I can't believe it. Because neither of us had any idea. You know, we're just sort of going, oh, he might be good for the championship. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's, you know, he's got Welsh heritage. He's scoring, you know, he's scoring, I think, four goals he's got in nine appearances. Something ridiculous like that. Yeah. You know, and he's completely changing the way we play and completely transforming our qualification hopes. Yeah, it's just, it came out of nowhere. How did you feel when Ryan Giggs came on board? Then, what was your initial response to that? Because I had a very, I had a Jimmy Jimmy Murphy kind of vibe, if you know what I mean. Because Jimmy mm. Murphy was 
you know, he's a Mr. Man United, but he was Mr. Man United behind the scenes because he was yeah. he was responsible because in 1958, not only did Wales qualify for the World Cup, but the um, uh, Munich air disaster happened. Mm-hmm. And because Matt Busby was, well, I mean, he was hospitalised and everything and most of the squad had perished. Jimmy Murphy had to rebuild the squad himself for the time being whilst managing. And I, I felt that he's going to, I mean, no one's gonna have an air. No fans. No one's gonna have an airplane crash or anytime soon. No squads or anything. But I had that Jimmy Murphy vibe. That he came from Man United. He's he's only managed. And if you notice, yeah. right? If you look at Jimmy Murphy's um, managerial experience, right? It says coach, assistant manager, youth team scout, mm. and everything, but not manager. Um, well, as caretaker, right? Yeah. He's everything. And the only managerial experience he ever had as well was Wales. He refused Juventus. He refused Arsenal. He refused big names back in the day. Well, big names now, but big names back in the day. He refused Juventus, and John Charles was playing for him. I mean, that's another podcast in and of itself, isn't yeah. it? John Charles Brackett's general. I, I will always love the fact that some Italian players said, oh, I saw the queen, saw the queen. He was, and not my queen, I'm Welsh. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but um, but yeah. How did you feel about Ryan Giggs, though? I saw it free and off topic, then, guys. So that's, it. that's the nature of this show. Initially, I was uh, I was a bit skeptical. Um, I personally wanted Craig Bellamy, uh, but you, you know certain issues with that. But apparently, he absolutely wowed the FAW with his PowerPoint. He did. He was you know a hair's breadth away from getting it, but ultimately, Giggs is the bigger name. And I was a bit sceptical at, th- at first, and then, you know, and then we beat Ireland, probably go Ireland 4-1, and I think, well, this is the greatest game I've ever been to. Hold on, this is something special. And then, you know, that double-headed defeat, the 2-1 against Hungary, the 2-1 against Croatia, I'm thinking, you know, okay, maybe this isn't going well. Uh, that 1-0 friendly defeat to Albania as well, I was pulling my hair out of that, and I thought, you know, maybe it is. Granted, we've beaten China 6-0, but the sort of only challenges we've had losing to Uruguay 1-0 in the final China Cup, I thought, okay, maybe, you know, maybe it's time to move on, maybe it's time to bring someone back and then, or bring someone in. I was thinking of Chris Coleman because we've been talking about him, I was thinking yeah. of bringing him back, but and then all of a sudden Kiefer Moore comes in, it just clicks. Yeah. You know, apart from that friendly defeat against England, which doesn't count, I mean, it didn't happen, it was behind closed doors, the last defeat Wales has had was June 2019. We've been on a phenomenal run. And granted, these last two games, or these last three games, including the USA friendly, has been Rob Page. But as Giggs' assistant coach, you know, he's kept with the same formations that Giggs was using. He's kept with the same tactics, the same personnel. You know, it is, this is almost the Ryan Giggs revolution. Yeah. Which I never thought I'd see. (laughs) (laughs) I'm loving it. Yeah, and considering the fact that we won't go in, because uh, one thing I will never, I will say this now, and this is a personal thing, but the one thing I will never, ever tolerate tolerate is domestic violence. I will never, ever mm-hmm. tolerate that. That's the, did you know that's one of the things I really speak passionate about is doing, I, I, if there was a charity, I mean, I know there's a few charities out there, but I've donated money for that to save, um, to help them and everything. Mm-hmm. But domestic violence is a big no-no for me. Um, that's the one thing I don't stand now, we don't know the situation in full. You know, we can't yeah. always rely on the articles to say, right, he did this. Because that's just a one-sided 
biased approach, you know, and anything from a former Man United star, you know, you, you want to get a good juicy story out of him, yeah. big bad, bad news and everything. But considering the fact that, you know, uh, I think, anyway, um, with Rob Page coming in, you know, and he's, you know, he's had a fair, good, decent career, Mm-hmm. Fair play to him. I think he's going to be a he's a great assistant manager, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets the managerial job. I know a lot of people are coming for Ryan Giggs's head because of this issue, um, but I I said in all honesty, if 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 he did go, if Ryan Giggs did go, then Rob Page is the man. He, he is the man. Yeah, we've obviously got to be very careful when discussing it because we don't know any of the details really. But if he if he is found guilty then he will have to go. There's no way he can show his face again. Then, yeah, I would welcome Rob Page. I mean, I think I had a Twitter discussion with a few people about it, and the names that came up were Michael Flynn at Newport County, Steve Cooper. And I would I would love, I think both of those would be fantastic for Wales. I think Michael Flynn, the sort of togetherness he has in the squad, the work he's doing this season, they're top of the table. He's just one manager of the month. Steve Cooper as well. You get someone into the playoffs with basically no money. Both Welshmen as well. Mm. You know, Steve Cooper, albeit he won the under 17s World Cup in England, but he, he's from Wrexham. Yeah. And, you know, but it's just whether they would abandon their clubs, their sort of projects. I, I know Steve Cooper's in Derby County at the minute, but he seems to be set with Swansea. And Michael Flynn's been, he was a player at Newport before he got the job in 2017. Yeah. And the, the work he's done there. I doubt he'd sort of leave the project before it's, yeah. before it's climax. But yeah, I Melody think would, if, if it wasn't for, if it, if Rob Page wasn't going for the job, mm-hmm. which I would be heavily surprised if he didn't go for that job. But if he didn't, let's just say if he didn't, um, I wouldn't be surprised if Craig Bellamy was brought back into the picture. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Tony Pulis, if he does well with Sheffield Wednesday, but I think it's too early. Someone said Tony Pulis, but I said it's way too early to predict a, a man who's probably been out of football for almost a year. And you got to yeah. look back on the experience. You, you, do you really want to now hire Tony Pulis, considering where his career's gone? Um, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, do you want to bring back an old man, Terry Yorff? Maybe. I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Oshan Roberts who's out working in Morocco. Yeah, I mean, that's why he left. He he wanted the Wales job. And that's, I think that was one of the reasons why I was sort of a bit, not annoyed, but I was a bit sort of sceptical about Ryan Giggs, is I love Oshan Roberts. The work he's done, the majority of the squad from last night, he had such a huge part in identifying and bringing those through. So I think he would have been a fantastic manager. But if, you know, if Rob Page wasn't going for the job, and with the likes of Steve Cooper and Michael Flynn unavailable, and Nathan Jones not quite up to scratch yet, he sort of, you know, faltered a bit at Stoke. But if he keeps going the way he's going at Luton, with all the Welsh players he's got, he's got Lockie, he's got Jonathan Davis and Joan Rowe now, he could be a name for the future. Yeah. But I think I would take Oshan Roberts back. You know, the experience he's got out in Morocco with the likes of Hakim Ziyech and Adele Tarap playing there, I would happily take him back any day. Yeah. And uh, considering the fact, like a lot of people said, oh, any old old managers, it's like, yeah, but do you really want to bring in, <clears throat> do you really want to bring in, um, you know, Brian Flynn or something like that, who's now in his early 70s? Do you mm. really want to bring in a manager like that? Someone said, 
I remember when someone said, I'll bring back Joe Tosh. I was like, no, no. why? <laughs> why do you want to get us back? Um, <clears throat> but it is difficult. And it's like, I had an early prediction. So a what if scenario, what if um, Ian Rush had a good managerial career? I said, yeah, Ian Rush would have definitely yeah. been on there. But these predictions and, it's hard for us to think of any Welsh, more Welsh players who have uh, gone on to management and everything because now, you know, we're only looking at those who've gone on to mediocre clubs. Yeah, I've just <clears> thought of another one. Oh, if, if you're willing to take suggestions, Carl Robinson, who is just just joined Western, Sid, Western Sydney Wanderers in Australia, one of their biggest sides. Started at, um, who's at Newcastle Jets? Oh, yeah, I, so did I. He left about a month ago. He's been headhunted. Um, he, well, he started at Vancouver Whitecaps, didn't he? He got them into the playoffs. I don't really understand the MLS system, but he actually discovered Alfonso Davis, the left back who's now playing for Bayern Munich, the Champions League winner. <clears throat> he brought him in the first team when he was 15. I, I take Paul Robinson, fair play. I, I would oh, take him. Yeah. And, yeah, and then he went to. Newcastle Jets. I, I don't know how he got on there. I don't follow the A League, but he's clearly done something right. He headhunted by Western Sydney Wanderers, and I think he said he'd be up for it. Um, I take him. Yeah, I think that'd be. I'd be fascinated. I heard an interview with him. He said he doesn't have one, you know, managerial style because he's he's pragmatic. He's a bit like Jose Mourinho. Really, he's willing to change if something's not working. He yeah. knows that he'll identify that. Yeah, he's yeah, a good, so I'd take that. Yeah. He's a good scientist of football, you know, experimenting yeah. and everything. You know, you, I wouldn't be surprised Gavin Chesterfield was actually offered. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't well, be surprised. You never know. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, <laughs> oh, he's already managing the Wales under-14s, I think. So, uh, you know... Uh, Is he? Yeah, yeah, he's been managing for them, I think, a couple of years now. Oh. Yeah. God, yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm on Barry Town's local radio station. I don't even know that. Speaking oh, it's just <laughs> no, it's just a, a keep the no, need to know basis and everything. But uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I, I think he's. Yeah, uh, did, how was he? He was offered it, but when he said Wales, I thought Jesus Christ. But then he said the Wales under fourteens and fifteens. So I thought, oh, fair play to him because uh, no, yeah. but he's also he's also a head lecturer for USW in Trafalgar or Ponty, one of those ones. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. yeah. Barry, huh? There's one in Newport as well, isn't there? Yeah, no, uh, I don't think there's one. I think there's a... Oh, probably. I don't know. I, no. I don't know really, but um, it wouldn't surprise me if there was because I remember applying for a film degree there once. Uh, uh, I got it. I was I received an offer, uh, well but um, script writing came my way in Cardiff and I didn't want to move. Oh, yeah. yeah, fair enough. Um, it's near Rodney Parade from yeah. the top of my head. So. Oh, fair play. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just going on to. Uh, but yeah, what yeah, we're on about? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We've we've gone on for. I think we've gone on for more than an hour. We've gone on for definitely more than an hour. Mm-hmm. Hour and a half, I think. Yeah, but it's just. Um, I I don't know. I don't know to be honest with you because going on to you know the way we've won ten games, you know, and let's just put it this way: I know for a fact, me, you, John McAllister. Um, <clears throat> Joe Regan. Do you know Joe Regan? Uh, do you know Joe Regan? Who he is? I mean, I probably bumped into him at a Barry game. Whether that was the 
the Faroe Islands, the Reykjavik. No, it's not Reykjavik. Who was it? Runavik. Runavik. Oh my God, please don't mention that again. <laughs> I can see the, the sort of PTSD flashbacks coming your way. You might have Hello, to uh, the camera. Hello, my old friend. <laughs> oh, that, that, that shouldn't have happened. Just, oh, that shouldn't uh, have yeah, Sorry about, to bring that up. <laughs> no, everything about that game was wrong. Everything mm. was wrong. Um, the, the, the weather was definitely, definitely the extremely wrong. The performance was wrong because of the weather. And because we only got, we were offered, we qualified by default, mm. which makes it even worse for us. And we had so much um, criticism from people who don't support Barry. It's a mock to Welsh football. Screw you for saying that. No, but yeah, I will talk more about that at the next time. I will get my yeah. my, bed, <laughs> my bed chair in a psychiatrist and be like, it all started the day I was born, kind of. Uh, <laughs> I've opened an old wound here, haven't I? <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, yeah, yeah. It's um, But going back onto Wales, though, um, with Ryan Giggs coming back, because he was only, Rob Page was only in charge for three games, but um, will he be the man to take us to Qatar? Maybe. Um, I said I'm, I want to go to Qatar, mm-hmm. um, but I said I want to go with mates, so, look, um, you know, <laughs> my, my family have said, if you are going to go, go with mates. We can't, mm. and that's the thing. We you you got to do that because of the country we're going to. Cats is not, yeah. it's not dangerous per se, but it's still the rules are rules. And yeah, I was going to say, watch. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. better. Yeah, the rules, the rules are rules, and you got, you must abide by them, whether you mm. agree or disagree. Um, that's that's very diplomatic of me to say that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> oh man, we covered a lot. We I'm have to tell you, listening to uh, <laughs> the Dragon's Breath International yeah. Relations podcast now. Yeah, where uh, Reese is going to be uh, a political prisoner in Qatar because uh, <laughs> we don't know why. <laughs> but uh, we covered uh, the Wrexham takeover to cover most of the podcast stuff, and we covered most of um, uh, the Wales games. And uh, I do hope to go to Qatar, but I do hope to go to uh, Italy because I have booked my flight, and because I'm a red, because I'm a Red Wall member. I get to buy the tickets now, so... Um, oh, have you got it? Yeah, I... Oh! Uh, and... Oh, one minute. And you're on it, you. One minute. One minute. Oh. Oh, hold on. How much are you grabbing? Just hold on, we're going home. <laughs> right. So... Get my wallet out. Wait, what was you going to show me? I've got uh, the two. You got uh, the two? What's the two then? 2018-19. Uh, okay. 2018-20. So last season and this season. Oh, because I got... Yeah? Yeah. Do you know what? Hold on. I've got it here as well, actually. He's just uh, there with. And obviously I've got the, the pin badge as well. I've got... Um, I've got them both on the hat. Right. Um, I need to get one of those bucket hats because I've got a lot of Wales pin badges and that. So 
Yeah. Uh, there's mine. Might have to. Should we cover the number now? Oh, I can see it. There's. Uh, I have got. Here it is. Yeah, 2018 to 20 season <coughs> as well. <laughs> so I'm um, pulling out all the stuff. <laughs> wait. I think we should conclude the just talking about the Red Bull membership and everything, and then we'll talk more off off uh, off air. Mm-hmm. Think, but um, Luke, have you ever been to watch Wales away? No, I actually haven't. I had tickets booked for uh, Rome away in the Euros. I was I was going as well. So I'm still heartbroken. Honestly, I still not a day goes by where I don't think about how brilliant it would have been to see you know Dan James curling a winner. In the 90th minute, I just, I just despair. But you know, yeah. I'm alive. So in this day and age, just sort of, you know, it could be worse. Um, I was told by Ian Johnson, great guy, mm-hmm. uh, diehard yeah. Wales fan. Uh, you know, fair play to him. But I, I was reading su- one of his articles earlier. Actually, comes. comes that? Funny. I was reading one of his articles. Oh, yeah, the thing is about Ian Johnson, he's one of those guys, you know, if you want to know something, he will tell you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember him saying to me uh, when we were watching the Barry game against TNS on the telly a few days ago, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. he was talking to me about um, uh, the current situation. He says he doesn't know what's the current situation going on with the FAW. And, because when you, when you want to... Um, go on the away trips, they go by points or how many uh, yeah. how many games you've gone to. But because we haven't been to many, um, it's going to go by experience. I know for mm-hmm. a fact that some people with the, with no experience are going to go, So, um, but you're only allowed one ticket per person. Uh, yeah. um, but uh, it's like any, any Wales away match um, – who cares really because when you're in a way and no one really cares where you stand or so because you're all standing you know um mm-hmm. but my on my bucket list it does say at the top and i have got a bucket list uh go to watch wales away yeah I, well i was planning one for the republic of ireland away which we we did play eventually in the nation's league which you know had everything gone to plan would have been about two weeks ago yeah maybe three Obviously, we did play it and we did win out in Dublin, did we? Yes. Yeah. No, we didn't. We drew oh. nil-nil in Dublin. We won at the Cardiff City Stadium on yeah. Sunday. Yeah. yeah. I say, it's confusing to keep track of it when there's no fans. Yeah, so yeah. Thinking, which one did I go to? Um, but, well, yeah. I, I, I don't know what the situation is going to be. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I think I think we should conclude this podcast now anyway because we've gone through so much and we want to yeah. keep as much as possible for the next few episodes. Um, but that's just why I wanted to end it on the Red Bull membership because, guys, for those who are following the Red Bull, who, have, who are members and everything, you know, leave a comment section below and explain to us, you know, how you experience Wales away matches and give advice to me and Luke, you know, because we, we want to go to watch these away, away games, you know. And... Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. I mean, Luke. I mean, we'll probably go together, and you know, just uh, have a couple of beers or something. You know, that it sound right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I see this for now. The future is looking positive. This has been a very positive podcast. The future is looking positive for this podcast. It's looking positive for Wrexham. It's looking forward. Uh, it's looking positive for Wales as a nation. So. Uh, yeah. I got to give her the big 
Brian Clough, <laughs> A-OK. But uh, anything you want to say before we conclude this podcast, Luke? Um, Wales are going to win Euro 2021. Uh, uh, Wrexham are going to win the Champions League this this decade. That's all I've got to say, really. It's looking up. Yeah, and if Wales win the Euros, I am going streaking in Barry. So, uh, oh, I'm doing a George Best 28-day bender. I'm not going home if they win the Euros. <laughs> That'll be amazing. That'll be absolutely amazing. Uh, but guys, <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in to the Dragons Race podcast. We've been your hosts, uh, Reese Deans and Luke Williams. Luke, again, thanks for coming on. And you're more, and like I said, you're the co-host. So that's why I keep asking you to come on because, you know, yeah. but uh, one day you will see us in a studio talking more. And we'll fingers crossed on that. But we'll see you all very soon. Take care. Bye-bye.